At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Welcome to the penultimate episode of Talking Peaks. We hope not ever, uh, but uh, certainly for this season. Uh, welcome, Mike. Hello. 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 How are you? It's all. I'm fine. It's all. It's all coming to an end. Oh, it is, and it really feels like it now, doesn't it? I know. All those people that have been complaining about a lack of things going on and a lack of this. Well, no spoilers yet, but. We certainly got a lot in these two episodes. So, yeah, I mean, wherever Evil Cooper is right now, he's kind of journeying between, I think, South Dakota and Washington, isn't he? He's kind yeah. of route somewhere. He's on the road, yeah. Um, and it begins, as most of Evil Cooper's scenes begin, on a dark road with sort of headlights oh. lighting the road. It's kind of one of Lynch's favourite shots, you know. Like uh, a Radiohead video, you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, as a lot of Lynch that's like a Radiohead video. Well, yeah. And so he arrives at the, for, for many fans, you know, the, the anticipated convenience store uh, that we've been told a lot about and we've seen in kind of visions and flashbacks and dreams. Mm. And, and it was mentioned a lot in Firewalk With Me. And I all kind of always thought it was this imaginary place or this dream place or something. But it seems to be real, at least at this moment. Dale Cooper literally kind of drives up to it and parks yeah. outside it. And it's this creepy looking place, you know, flickery lights and shadowy. Brilliant. All very scary. And he walks up some steps that actually has no doorway at the top of it. It's quite funny. And then he kind of disappears. And then this kind of next five, ten minutes as he journeys his way through this otherworldly sort of space inside the convenience store is very disturbing. He wanders through all these different areas. Some of it's outside, some of it's inside. There's a, a room that we recognise from the film because it has similar wallpaper. He sees one of the one character in there is the woodsman um, who kind of points him in the direction he needs to go. We yep. see a, a man jumping up and down wearing this white mask who we've seen in Firewalk With Me as well, who again yeah, the, be one of the Black Lodge sort of presences. C- commonly known as the jumping man, I found The jumping out man, since. yeah. yeah. Apparently if you kind of freeze frame it, uh, they yes. superimpose Sarah Palmer's face onto the jumping man while he's jumping Sarah Palmer already kind of take her face off yeah and there's a moment in the film when the guy wearing that mask who jumps peels back his mask in a similar kind of way so maybe there's some sort of there who knows anyway he journeys through this kind of dark corridor and then winds up outside in a motel where 
a really creepy looking woman uh, in a dressing in a kind of robe shows him in and unlocks the door were you aware this is the other theory that i read this week Go on. and i didn't pick this one up. did you realize that that is the same motel that was used in firewalk with me when uh, leland met with Teresa banks oh i did not know that Brilliant. now obviously there's quite a crew of people going oh yeah agreed into it and there's a lot of people going well how many motels are there in where they, where they shoot? You know, yeah, like, he's just used the same you know, set. Exactly. He made it. But I think with Lynch, there's always that conspiracy theory of, oh, it means something. That was the last time that Teresa Banks was seen with the, with the ring on. And of course, yes. we know a lot of, a lot of stuff being going on about the ring in this series. So Yes, yeah, of course. Very exciting. Yeah. He gets to this motel door. This creepy looking woman opens the door for him. He, sa- he says he's here to see, f- he wants to see Philip Jeffries. So this is the moment we're finally going to get to see Philip Jeffries, mm. who was played by David Bowie in the movie. He walks into this hotel room and he sees that he sees Philip Jeffries, but it's no longer David Bowie. Um, it's now what can only be described as a giant talking kettle or teapot that kind of <laughs> spouts steam. I, I, I started to make some notes of this and I actually wrote giant tea urn. Yes, exactly. So, the, really, there's really no other way of describing it. I've seen watering can written down. I've seen teapot. I mean, who knows? Uh, it yeah. kind of looks a little bit like a couple of the bits of set that we saw in part eight with the um, giant sort of bell-like structure and things but who knows so anyway he finally has this conversation with philip jeffries and it's this conversation is kind of revealing in some ways and also kind of baffling in others really but um, yeah it answered a few things but also gave you more things to think about he asked him about the time in firewalk with me sort of 25 years ago when he saw philip jeffries and philip mm. jeffries mentions a woman called judy and evil cooper says what did you mean by you know judy who is judy philip jeffrey responds by saying Oh, so you are Cooper then? Because obviously he remembers that happening. So yeah, that, that's quite uh, a moment. Uh, it, it also does kind of confirm, as many people had thought, that that was evil Cooper in that scene in Firewalk with me. Yeah, and now I mean, and now makes me true. want to go back and watch that again. And there's a whole. Do you remember in that moment in the film when he he comes in and then he walks into the video surveillance room and he looks at himself yeah. on the camera and there's two of him. Crucially, he looks at his yeah. own in the video walks past so it's obviously hinting there that there were two coopers in that scene you know so it's it's, it's pretty clever really considering he oh, made yeah. this from 30 years ago um, but uh but yeah so he asks anyway who this judy character is because in the film david bowie keeps saying right we're not going to talk about judy we're going to leave her out of this and so mm. evil cooper finally asks what people have been wanting to know for 25 years who is judy uh, and philip jeffries doesn't tell him who he is but he says you've already met her so, I mean, who knows what, uh, obviously lots of people are speculating as to who Judy might be. Maybe it's Laura yeah. Palmer, maybe it's Diane. Um, maybe it's know, Audrey. Maybe it's Audrey. Maybe it's the woman with no eyes who he saw in the space station who's now locked in the jail. Yeah, in that's right. I read a wonderful theory that Judy could be Lucy. Yes, yes, I've yes. Seen that, have you seen that one? I read another great one that it was Major Briggs, which I could believe, and that it's his code name because his name's Garland Briggs, so Judy oh, Garland. Judy Garland. Oh, you're going to be so clever, isn't he? It's so clever. And that also, he's obsessed with The Wizard of Oz, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if, like, oh, maybe man. Major Briggs' is, like, Blue Rose code name is Judy or something, you know? Yeah. They have this little conversation. It kind of flags up more questions than it sort of answers, really. Mm. And then Philip Jeffries gives him uh, some coordinates, basically. And I think that's that's to help him try and find judy is that right is that well um, what i wasn't sure of and 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 perhaps we ought to to merge into this about what happens to evil cooper in the next episode because i think it's relevant he picks up the kid um already had he already got him in the car when does he get oh yes 
Is it outside? It's outside of this incident, isn't it? He comes out of the the, the motel. He ba- basically, at the end, when he leaves, he runs he, into Richard. Horn. Yeah, he, get, he gets jumped by him, yeah. and and he kind of get punches him out, and this is get in the car, and they're traveling. And the next episode opens with the same kind of long tracking shot down a darkened highway. Yes, and they come to a place which must be Twin Peaks because. It's observed by Richard Horne's brother. Exactly, exactly. Um, who we know was wandering, but can't have wandered that far. Evil Cooper sends Richard Horne up to these coordinates. Now, the thing is, he's told that he was given three sets of coordinates, two of which matched. Yes. And he said, where would you go? And Richard goes, well, I'd go to the two that match. But we don't know if that's this place or another place. Yes, exactly. That's the confusing part. So we don't know if he's gone to the coordinates that Diane gave him or the coordinates that um, that um, tea-drinking David Bowie gave him. He goes up onto this rock and gets blown into smithereens by this kind of electricity. It kind of almost looks like he's struck by lightning or something, doesn't he? But it's it's obviously yeah. some sort of trap that somebody, either yeah. Philip Jeffries or Diane, set for him. Who gave him the third set of coordinates? Because he got one know. from Diane, one from Philip Jeffries, and I'm trying to wrap my brain as to who was else... It, was it the guy he killed and beat to the arm wrestling match to get to? Oh no, hang on, because there's there's the coordinates that's written on the de- on Major Briggs's arm, but that's the one that Diane read and gave to him, isn't no, it? No, no, not Major Briggs his arm the woman who oh the, the woman, woman who, who has they made found his head. head that's it <laughs> god yeah. it's so complicated <laughs> oh, no. uh, uh, i'd uh, have to go back and watch where did he get the coordinates well that's interesting who knows but, who yeah knows? who knows we we don't know whether these are the fake ones or the real ones but you're right it's a trap yes. uh, in my best admiral akbar voice and very interestingly straight after this he says shame to see you go my old son and so a lot you. of people, well but dt to be fair one of the things that somebody pointed out is that could just be something you say True, true. But you know there is the ambiguity over over who Richard Horn's father is. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm 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 certain that it was Evil Cooper, and I reckon he knew and basically killed his own son. I think he it was sacrificed just, his own son. Yeah, I, mean. I think he did. I think it was just another way of saying of this show saying, look, look how evil this guy is, basically. Well, there were a few people on Reddit saying, particularly in episode 15, how evil is Evil Cooper? And I think in episode 15, in that scene with with um, David Bowie and the tea urn. There was kind of that kind of like, you know, a little bit more of the Cooper coming out. Yes. So I think maybe this was just to keep evil Cooper evil, maybe. We don't really know what his goal is either, what he's trying to find, because is he trying to find his way back to the Black Lodge? Because I don't think he is, because he's he's deliberately avoiding going back in, isn't he? So I'm I'm curious to know what these coordinates lead to that he's looking for, but we still don't know. I I assume the other ones might be the place where... Rabbits, Jack Rabbit Slims. Yes, which um, I'm assuming is the entrance to the White Lodge. Uh, exactly. Where Anne went. So, yeah. so maybe he's trying to get he, to the White Lodge. Well, because he doesn't want to go to the Black Lodge, because if he goes to the Black Lodge, he would be sucked back in. Yeah. Don't forget, as well as the Black Lodge and the Red Lodge, the White Lodge, there's the waiting room. And that's yeah. where Philip Gerard is. Yeah, in the waiting room. So, but we'll come on to him in a minute. If you're following this this episode, well done. Yeah, um, well done. Well, yeah, well done. Award yeah. yourself a jelly baby. So that's basically Evil Cooper's little arc across the two episodes. He visits Philip Jeffries. He gets some more coordinates. He kills his son and carries mm. on driving. Essentially, is is what we see of him. <laughs> Meanwhile, in South Dakota, there's some interesting stuff going on with Diane and Gordon oh. and Albert. At the end of uh, Evil. 
Cooper's little arc after he kills his son, he sends a text with a smiley face and then in capital letters the word all. He sends it, it's not delivered for some reason, for some weird reason, and then we cut to the next day at four in the afternoon and Diane then receives this text and freaks out. It's like something wakes her up or something shocks her or something triggers her when she reads it. She suddenly has this kind of weird transformation, this change, and she gets up, she looks in her handbag, she's got a gun in there and she walks into the elevator and she goes up towards Gordon Cole's room. Um, yeah. So we kind of think, right, shit, she's suddenly on en route to kill him. And she heads into his room. Gordon Cole knows she's coming and says, come in, Diane. You know. And she, yeah, he, well, there was, there was a little bit of a scene in either 15 or 16 that just saw him standing there looking and then it cuts right. somewhere else. Yes, so yeah. he knew something was going on. Absolutely. Whether, because, of course, they were intercepting her texts whether they knew that there'd been contact. So she walks in and all of a sudden she she says, I'm ready to tell you what happened that night with Cooper. It's like she suddenly remembered or something. Yeah. She has this kind of monologue. It's this very, you know, classic Laura Dern moment. If you've seen any other yeah. movies with Laura Dern, it's, it's she's very similar. And um, she tells this story about how he comes in and he's asking her all these questions about, the, you know, trying to get inside info about the FBI. And then he kisses her and then he sexually assaults her, essentially. And uh, the whole story takes quite a long time to tell. And it's quite disturbing. And you see kind of yeah. Albert's reaction to it and Gordon's reaction to it. And, and I think Tammy's was the most kind of like, yeah. facially, she was almost kind of in tears. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. sort of like, oh my goodness, you know, I didn't know we were up against this. You know, I think for her, yeah. only recently being part of the Blue Rose group, this was a traumatic moment for her. Whereas Gordon and Albert almost looked like they already knew this or something. Well, I think I think they may have thought about this possibility. Yeah. So at the moment when she reveals what actually happened to her, she begins to kind of freak out again. She looks at this text again that says, oh, and she suddenly says, I'm in the sheriff's station. I'm in the sheriff's station, whatever that means. And then she pulls out a gun and goes to shoot Albert. Albert is ready for it, pulls out his gun. Uh, so does Tammy. I'd have to say both so, of them. And so quick on the Tammy. draw. It's like they knew this was going to happen, didn't they? And then uh, both of them had their guns on the table. I think I think that they've always been hesitant about Diane. So they shoot her before she can shoot them. And the second they shoot her, she disappears in the way that these Black yeah. Lodge entities disappear kind of sucked into the sky and tammy goes wow it's real you know she is one of those that she calls her a tulpa i think which yeah, is basically tulpa, the name yeah. of like a, a, a double a kind of fake and so that's a big reveal diane wasn't actually diane she was this kind of manufactured diane a bit like dougie was uh, does this mean that the real diane is in the sheriff station yeah what, what does that mean is, is she dormant you know, yeah. or, or what? Diane was a mystery character in the first two series. You know, we never saw her. But a lot of people didn't even think she existed. And of course, now we think we're scratching our heads again. And it's great because the more we get into the series, the nearer we end we're getting, we're questioning anyone, whether or not they're real and whether mm. certain places are real, certain storylines are real, as we'll get to later. So it's it's, it's fascinating because you just have no idea who to trust at the moment. And the real Diane may be in the sheriff's station, which is what she said before she disappears. Um, after she disappears, we cut to the, the red room, the waiting room, and she sat in that chair that we've seen many people sit in. Mike, the one-armed man, Philip Gerard, whatever you want to call him is stood there talking to her and he says you know you were somebody manufactured you and she says yeah i know fuck you and uh, yeah and uh and then with that she she her head kind of blows off as as uh, as did dougie's in, in that's right yeah so that's it for diane as far as we're aware like the question is what happened to the real diane and also yeah. was diane some sort of sleeper agent or something you know this fake one or was it like she didn't know what had yeah happened? 
to her until that text. And also there's that whole thing where, the, you know, that she said the other week where she said, oh, Janie is my half-sister and stuff. Well, and like, see, was now, that- now, now we've got no idea whether that's true or not. Yeah, That could yeah. have just been the motivation to get them to Las Vegas. There's that whole moment at the beginning of the series as well when she goes to visit Evil Cooper in prison and they have a conversation through the glass. Yeah. And you think, did she know at that point that she was working for him? And, you know, it's... Well, it's- yeah. But it now means that we know that Evil Cooper must have known the existence of Dougie. Yes. Well, I think I think Evil Cooper created Dougie. I think uh, that that's what. Uh, we can, you know, oh, the original Dougie. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't think. Oh, it blows my mind. I know. I know. Wow. Okay. So, firstly, in Twin Peaks, we got one very important scene in the diner, which was kind of like a oh yeah a real homage to the original series. So, in comes Big Frank, looking you know forsaken and forlorn, having just had a conversation with his ex-wife or wife. I don't really understand the relationship. Nadine and her eye patch and her golden shovel she says I release you I should never have helped you back from your true love this is all from listening to Dr Jacoby's internet broadcasts she decides in the first instance doesn't she to to talk her her new love the guy that's running all these restaurants in her name and you think it's just going to be a really sad scene but she basically tells the guy I'll sell you my share I want to keep this place and we're done. Although she doesn't really sort of end the relationship. She sort of ends the business side of the relationship. And he says, well, that's it. We're done kind of thing. Big Ed is, you know, consoling himself in a cup of coffee. And she just leans over and, and, and hugs him and kisses him. And that's kind of it. You know, they're together. It felt like a, at least one piece of closure that we've had one piece of resolution from the old Twin Peaks to the new. You know, we finally got the thing that everyone's been waiting for for 25 years, which was Ed's Norma, will they or won't they sort of thing. So it's great. It was great mm-hmm. to have that like one little classic soap opera moment, which we don't get many of in the new Twin Peaks. We got uh, a very strange incident at the... Um... Uh, the caravan lodge yeah the travel the travel place um two young people now i'm guessing that that is shelly's daughter's husband that's on the run yes it is yes and and donna's young donna's sister sister. they're kind of like acting like a pair of druggies discussing sort of what they're going to do and he's sort of suggesting that he's going to blow his brains out but they both look completely high and sort of you know on the edge they look to me like they've done something bad that they feel guilty about that he well, it, it feels yeah, like he's, he's got a done gun, something so, I mean, unspeakable i wonder if he's killed amanda seyfried and we haven't seen it happen yeah. yet you know the last we saw amanda seyfried was firing firing a gun at them in that well that's right you know, it could be it could be revenge yeah, yeah oh, i man. wonder if we haven't seen it happen yet in the chronology but if he killed her and now he's you know, having a freak out and he's and he's high and everything else. They're interrupted by a man with a dog who is Mark, Mark Frost. Mark Frost. Not the first time he apparently has appeared as an extra, although he did kind of get a bit of a speaking role in this one. And apparently, I've read today, he's playing the part of a journalist who's featured in the Secret History. And he was that part, apparently, in the old series as a newsreader. You see him on one news programme or something? Yes. He basically goes and talks to um, the owner of the Caravan Lodge, kind of like sort of gives him some sort of cryptic messages doesn't he about what's going on and and you just don't know where that is going but you're missing a scene out of the chronology one of the biggest moments is hawk obviously has his last phone call from the log lady yeah this was very sad but i I, do know what i'm glad they did it we know that a couple of the characters passed away either just before or even during the making of the series and the log lady was such a such a recognizable character that lynch put her up as the face of when they did the repeats on bravo in america she did yeah. all these new introductions. 
which were very critically acclaimed and very good. I recommend getting the DVD box set just to watch them. Yeah. Um, and, and throughout this series, you know, she's been an iconic figure. And I do think it was right to give her a proper send off. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because, you know, obviously she was weeks away from dying for real, the actress. Yeah. And she it must have been a weird thing for them to film and for her to say, because she she keeps repeating Hawk, I'm dying and oh, death yeah. is at the end and it's a change. And it's a really kind of emotional moment. And even more so because, you know, obviously that the actress passed away. So, yeah, it's a, it's a classic kind of emotional Twin Peaks moment. I think it was right. And I think it was fitting in at the end. We did get, uh, you know, in memory of. Is it Catherine Gleason? I think was the actress's name. Yeah, although um, they actually didn't, they didn't do Catherine. Oh, didn't? It wasn't Catherine Coulson. They'd already done an in memory of Catherine Coulson in the beginning, oh. and this time it was in memory of La- Margaret. So it was actually, oh, the character, they actually did the character, which is great. So so I really good. do recommend watching the credits for uh, Twin Peaks. Very, I don't know why. very, yeah. very important. I find so, the Roadhouse stuff fascinating, really, because even before this latest episode where we learn a bit more, I think I, I kept thinking these Roadhouse scenes somehow seem different to everything else going on in the program. They kind of uh, in some way reflect what's going on with other characters. I, know, well, I remember now what we got. We do get another scene in the Roadhouse in the prison. Uh, um, Bobby gets into not Bobby. Uh, the other the biker gets into a fight, doesn't he? Was that uh, this episode? That, yeah, no, that was. Well, that was 15. Was it? Uh, okay, he punches, yeah. He has a fight with somebody in the roadhouse and his mate, Iron Fist, uh, British Iron Fist, uh, yeah. knocks some guy out and basically dislodges his jaw from his mouth almost. Uh, yeah. And they obviously lock them up and they get introduced to the woman with the eye patches, the corrupt cop and the bloke with the face who repeats everything. Yeah. yeah it's only yeah. a short scene, but Hawk kind of has to do the whole, well, we have to arrest you. But this does mean that the guy with the Iron Fist isn't out and about so is that a problem for what's coming? Because we assume that he, we, we think he's got something to do with the end game. I think he's in exactly the right place. But you think, I think he's in the right place? I think he's deliberately, he's been, he's been manoeuvred uh, there yeah, by higher he's... powers because everyone is heading to the sheriff station. So obviously everything's pretty hunky-dory with all the characters in Las Vegas. Dougie has basically changed everyone's lives for the better around him. He's kind of helped yeah. the Mitchell brothers. He's helped his boss. He's helped his insurance firm. His enemies have been killed. Um, actually, that's another quick moment that we get in episode 15 is um, the two assassins played by Tim Roth and Jennifer Jason Lee. They kill the. Loved this. They kill the guy who's been in the office trying to kill uh, Cooper throughout the whole series. They just walk in casually. She walks in casually and just shoots them both, and then goes back in when she realizes one of them is still alive and shoots him again. So that was very. And and buy some Cheetos, I'm sure. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Everything's kind of okay for Dougie, and Dougie and and, uh, his wife Janie E are in their house, and she's going, "All of our dreams have come true. Everything's great. You know, blah blah blah." And then at that moment, you know, Dougie is, is eating some cake and he's watching some TV, puts the TV yep. in, and uh, Sunset Boulevard is playing. Uh, one of one of my favourite movies, actually, and also one of David Lynch's favourite movies. And there's a there's a moment in, uh, yes. in, in Sunset Boulevard when one of the characters says, get Gordon Cole on the phone. And at that moment, something triggers in Dougie. He looks up, recognises that name, and he begins to manically try and press buttons on the remote to try and, I don't know, rewind it or hear it again or turn yeah, it Yeah, he, he or... certainly tried to sort of reflect it, yeah. Something has changed in him suddenly. he's Basically, he begins to kind of freak out even more, and he gets on the floor on the carpet, and he starts crawling towards an electrical socket behind the television. He tries to stick his fingers in, but can't, and then instead grabs a full and sticks the end of the fork into the socket 
uh, thus <sighs> electrocuting himself. All of the lights go off. Um, Naomi Watts screams. His son, Sonny Jim, also yeah. screams and says, what's going on? And we cut to black. Um, and that was how episode 15 ended. So it obviously ended on this almighty... And, and, it, and it wasn't until about... 20 minutes into episode 16 that we got any idea of what was going on the next we see dougie he's lying in a hospital bed in a coma and <laughs> to begin with you think oh god because there's a line that janie e says going well sometimes people can stay in comas for years and you just think oh please god yeah I know, um, it's like we've not been teased enough. They they step out of the room to go and get something to eat, and also Dougie's boss from the insurance yes. firm, Bushnell Mullins, is also in there. And Bushnell suddenly hears a strange noise, a humming noise, and he goes out to investigate to see what's going on. Oh, no, no, this is not before the two brothers turn up with the food. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. The two Mitch uh, brothers, also very worried about Dougie, they turn up with loads of food and treats, and they say to Janie E, right, we'll do whatever you need. Well, you know, you've got to stay fed. We'll go to your house and we'll, you do, know... Do, do you this. not think she gave up her house keys a bit quick? I know. It's the I only know. picky bit I've got, and I, I, it's so weird to have a picky bit. But I she suppose doesn't... the thing is... They... Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They've bought them so much stuff that she knows of and that she probably thinks, oh, these guys are lovely. They bought me a car. They bought us I a jungle gym. I suppose jungle. so, yeah. But I'm still yeah. a bit... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, As I say, it's, it's picky, but you're right. It is justifiable, I suppose. So the Mitchum brothers are, are doing everything they can to look after Dougie's family because they love Wh- Dougie. Which one's so Phil and which one's... Um... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Greg, yeah. Grant. Um, so they've gone off to Dougie's house to stock his fridge. And uh, and so Dougie is then left alone. Everyone's left the room. And at this moment, Dougie wakes up. And it's no longer Dougie. He wakes up, he sits up, and he looks down. And we see in this kind of overlaid image, as we've seen before on the series, we yeah. see Philip Gerard, or we see Mike, the one-armed man. And he looks up at, at Dougie and he says, are you awake? And and Dougie, or Agent Cooper, says, yes, 100%. And we're, like Agent Cooper is finally back. Coop's alive! Coop is back. So he it only and, took 16 hours of television, but Coop and, is alive. And it's amazing, you know, like, Carl McLaughlin's performance in this whole season has just been oh. so amazing because he has to do so much. Within a second, he's back to Agent Cooper and, like, he yeah. doesn't have to say much, he doesn't have to do much, but his posture, his body language, the way he talks, you totally believe that he's just, he's transformed. Uh, he, he wakes up in a real panic and he says to Philip Gerard, do you have the seed? Philip Gerard says, yes, he does, he still has it, and he, he picks up this little gold ball that we see, that that's what Dougie turned into after he exploded. Yeah. So basically, he's telling Philip Gerard, make another version of Dougie, because I think he's worried that Jamie is going to be left alone. I think he's thinking... Once my work in Twin Peaks is done, I'll go back to Dougie and this life. I mean, that would be very difficult. Oh, do you reckon? I, I, 
I got that he was saying, I'm not ever coming back to Las Vegas, so let's make no, them, I let's, think make, I... let's give this family a new Dougie again. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I didn't consider that. Yeah, if he is a, you know, a, a super, you know, you can do another thing. Yeah, okay. Because the original Dougie was made by Evil Cooper from that seed yeah. uh, as a kind of, uh, I don't know what, a kind of re, um, de- sort of deflect. Maybe he's planning on making a new one or something. Yeah. Who knows? Um, at this point, everyone comes back into the room, Janie E and Sonny Jim. What I think a lot of people weren't expecting was that agent cooper remembers everything about being Dougie. he yeah. says he's kind of for their benefit pretending i think and saying yes you know i'm i'm back and you know we're, you know i don't and, know and, i yeah i think he, by that i think he cares about them definitely he's trying not to upset them by saying i'm not Dougie anymore yeah. i leave you kind of thing he gets the Mitchum brothers to get the plane going, get the plane yeah, ready. Uh, it's just brilliant. He gets straight into action. So he's literally like, Bushnell, give me those sandwiches and give me your gun. And right, call yeah. the FBI. If Gordon Cole comes, give him this message. And then at this moment, the Twin Peaks theme tune, the old classic Twin Peaks music kicks well, in. We got we got two instances of that in this in this episode. So this yes, was the first one, yeah. I, I mean, I know we've complained about this. We've complained a little bit about the lack of Agent Cooper. But the way in which Lynch has done it has made it a little bit sweeter to have waited for. We oh, have been given absolutely. we have been given a great return by being patient. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's 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 all been part of his master plan. And like yeah. I feel like I've gone through the stages of grief with Dougie because yeah. he starts off with anger and then denial where you think he'll be yeah. back any day now. Into kind of acceptance where I went, actually I'm starting to really like Dougie. Oh maybe yeah. Agent Cooper will never come back. Let's accept it. And then he brings him back. And it's just brilliant, yeah. you know, very, very funny. So um yeah, Dale Dale Cooper's back straight into action and he knows that he needs to get straight to Twin Peaks as soon as possible. Yeah. The Mitchum brothers, he's gonna he gets into a limo with them and he's going to fly in their private jet to Washington. So now, what's interesting is a they're coming with him, but also so are the three girls. Yeah, it's great. He's got his like posse that he's going to turn up with. Now, somebody has suggested that one of the girls is a tulpa. That the awesome. main girl. Uh, now, the suggestions that I've read. Should we do this before we move on to the last bit? Yeah, go on. Uh, well, one suggestion is Laura Palmer. Uh huh. Now, that's mind-blowing. But, of course, let us not forget, uh, the actress who plays Laura Palmer has been in the credits of every episode and has been in every episode at the beginning with her face. Yes, yes, yes. And, of course, you know, it, it hasn't has been a huge part of this series without ever really being discussed that much. But the fact that this girl acts so much like Dougie did, this kind of like... This kind of like you know, false yes, like blank has led yeah. to a lot of people thinking that she's somebody else. A lot of other people think Audrey, although I can't see that because you know there's nothing really to link her to that. I right. like the Laura Parvati. The other one is Diane. Well, what's brilliant now is that you know, obviously, we haven't got to this last talking point yet, but you know, yeah. actually, in terms of all these other plot threads they've kind of come to this point now where agent cooper says i need to get to this twin peaks sheriff station we've seen diane say i'm in the sheriff station and, and gordon cole go right we need to get to the sheriff station everyone is heading for the sheriff station and we know they're at the station you've got james mm. hurley you've got the rubber glove man you've got the blind girl all in the basement yeah you've got andy who now may be more important than he used to be because there was all that stuff where he had vision that's right yeah the dream we think he possibly could be the dreamer we don't know he saw a scene where he was kind of ushering Lucy into a room as well. I mean, whether That's or not right, Lucy yeah. ends up having some importance, uh, who knows? Uh, Everything is converging in 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 the sheriff station, and despite all of the kind of 
worries i think that everyone has had all series that where were all these plot strands going he actually has managed to bring most of them together which is amazing i mean the mitchum brothers have become my favorite characters oh i know i just love them in fact a lot of these las vegas characters who i started off feeling very frustrated about i love i love janie e i love the mitchum brothers i love bushnell i think they're all hilarious i mean janie e for me came out of herself when she dealt with the two guys that he owed money to dougie owed money absolutely yeah and i I feel like they're from there on in i've loved her character and i think for the mitchum brothers it was the scene where they were watching the television and having breakfast yeah yeah, yeah. lynch is a master at introducing you to characters by the mundane yeah totally by things that we all do it was just a it was just a lovely lovely end to the whole las vegas storyline i think you know you've got the mitch and brothers you've got the three girls and you've got the real agent cooper all in a limo heading for twin peaks so it's just it was great everything feels like in some ways it's coming to a lovely close it's a little bit like the end almost storyline it's a lovely nostalgic happy ending almost you know then we have audrey horn so in in episode 15 we see very a very brief very similar scene as ever where audrey horn is standing in the threshold of her house arguing with her husband or you know whoever we think again i didn't like this when i saw it it's just excruciating saying she's leaving for the roadhouse she's got a coat on and then they start arguing and then she takes her coat off and decides not to and ends up trying to throttle her husband on the sofa Mm. everything about these scenes with audrey and this guy are so excruciating to watch um and then finally it's looking like there's a reason for it so the next episode we see somebody playing at the roadhouse it's the same as how every episode Uh, it's not only somebody it's uh, the eddie vedder the lead singer of pearl jam it is isn't it I, th- I thought this was the end of the episode I thought the well credits- yeah there was only about a minute and a bit to go wasn't there yeah. i was thinking and because he's and again the brilliance of lynch he set up the roadhouse and the music as apart from episode eight and apart from the one diner scene as the last scene of every episode yeah so you're you're watching this you're thinking okay credits are coming okay get ready for the finale no all of a sudden we cut to audrey walking into the roadhouse so straight away at this point i was like oh because all these theories i'd had that maybe audrey's not real she's in a coma whatever yeah. uh, maybe they're not true is what i was thinking at this point at least. absolutely uh, yeah because she's in the roadhouse and she she sits at the bar with her husband and then she says something about I'm, I'm i'm gonna try and find billy he tries to toast and he says to us and she says to billy you know we still don't quite know who he is 100 percent yet at that point van halen man stops playing and yep. the kind of the the MC guy goes up to the microphone and he says, "Ladies and gentlemen, Audrey's dance." And at this point, I have been waiting for this music for so so long. Yeah, and it is the the music that everyone remembers. It's that the scene. Uh, the scene that from from series one, episode one, I think, where Audrey yeah. dances at the diner. Uh, she puts the music on the jukebox. That music kicks in, and it's Audrey. That bit. Do, 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 do. Yeah, and oh. Audrey Audrey looks as shocked as, as us to hear it come on, and yeah, and and but then slowly starts to let the music kind of overtake her, and she gets up and she starts doing her dance, and everyone in the roadhouse stands up and crowd and circles around her and, and begins swaying, the, yeah, swaying at the same time as well. It's, uh, it's just it's. Just, it's, it was almost more satisfying than Agent Cooper waking up this moment yeah. for me. To get it, both of this in the same episode was just like... I mean, if he if he wasn't trying to promote the finale, he got us. Basically, he gave us the two things that everyone wanted from episode one. He yeah. made us wait 16 hours for it, and then he's, okay, now you can have it. Now you can have the real Agent Cooper and the real Audrey. And so well. Audrey is doing... Uh, well, from what it appears, Audrey starts doing her dance. Again, I thought, okay... 
this is when the credits are going to roll. But also I was thinking, this is weird. Maybe it's not real. Why would they say Audrey's dance? Why would yeah. everyone know who Audrey is? Why would Audrey suddenly get up and dance? Why and would they announce her as Audrey? Yeah. Why, why is the MC who we so, think is real at this point? You know, why would the announcer as Audrey and know she was yeah. in the room? You know, all within the space of a minute and a half, I've gone from thinking, "Oh, Audrey is real," to "Nope, maybe she's not real." And then somebody in the circle suddenly starts a fight with somebody else and says, "That's yeah. my wife," and begins punching him on the floor. And yeah huge fight breaks out audrey is kind of snapped out of this lovely dance she's having and she runs up to her husband scared and says get me out of here and at that moment we jump cut and suddenly audrey is in some sort of white clinical looking space and um, she's no longer sort of made up and she's looking at herself in the mirror and she gasps and screams and says what and then we cut to the credit. <sighs> Just what an amazing ending! Absolutely now, amazing. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in with my theory. Go on. She's in, she's in a mental institution. She must be. Yeah. He is the doctor. Billy yep. must and Billy and the other people that she's mentioned must be other nurses. I'm not sure. And we'll come. On, well, I suppose we'll go on to predictions. I'm not sure if part of the plot is for Agent Cooper to come and rescue her, or whether yeah. the, the, we don't know. There's still no way of knowing how the Audrey stuff connects to everything else that's going on. No. That's the weird thing. Because there's this whole theory that, you know, is everything in Audrey's head? Is everything we've seen in the series in Audrey's head? Because there's that whole scene with Monica Bellucci where she says, we live inside a dream, but who is the dreamer? And clearly... Audrey lives in some sort of dream world. You can tell that by the... And, and, and I do start to think now, maybe not everything, but all of the roadhouse scenes, are they well, in Audrey? Well, I've read both theories that someone said, but of course, the thing about the roadhouse is because, of course, last week, James and, and you know, UK Iron Fist were in the roadhouse. Yes, absolutely. Um, and we've seen been, Shelley in the roadhouse. James was in the roadhouse before. and We got the scene of um, the other Renault brother in the roadhouse. So we've seen scenes in the roadhouse that we think are real, but then, yes, all the other scenes that we've seen in the Roadhouse, all the unconnected characters, the girl who was scratching her arms, the yes. two people drinking beer, the three people that were having an argument, you know, all these things we've seen have no connection to anything. You know, maybe she's in group therapy and these other people in the group and she's been observing them. Yes. And actually they're having those conversations in group therapy rather than in a bar. The characters are bizarre. You know, they are, you know, the woman scratching her ar- herself is weird. But it yeah. would fit the profile of somebody in a mental institution. And then every time we saw a scene with Audrey, one of those frustrating scenes with Audrey and her husband, it was usually followed by a conversation in the roadhouse that's some way yeah. connected to it, where the girls in the booth would talk about Billy and a guy bleeding from the mouth. Or there was that moment when she got so frustrated, Audrey, that she tried to strangle her husband and screamed. And then the next thing we saw, that girl was crawling yeah, through the roadhouse yeah. and then screamed. You know, who knows? Is although, the roadhouse although, Audrey's subconscious? Who knows? Although Richard Horn was in there because in one of the very early episodes, isn't he flicking matches at people? Something. Of course, yeah. Of so course. I mean, people that we've seen in other scenarios have been in the roadhouse, but of course we think Richard. Well, we know Richard Hall is her son. It wouldn't be wrong that she would imagine him. Wouldn't be wrong that she would imagine Shelley or no. Billy. These were people she knew. So yeah. Th- yeah, the the other theory, as you say, the wonderful theory, the kind of the Mulholland Drive theory, is that yeah. everything you've seen in these last you know twenty eighteen episodes has been Audrey's dream. And then yeah. she's dreamt that Agent Cooper split into two people and did all these things. It, it all could be an elaborate makeup, you know, psychotic plan in her head, you know, dual personality. Yeah. 
I don't want that theory, but I, I wouldn't might I, I wouldn't be upset if it was as long as it was well explained. It doesn't completely add up because no. you know some of the stuff where Dale went into the Black Lodge happened in season two before the bank blew up and she went into a absolutely coma yeah. But I wonder if everything in Twin Peaks is Audrey's true because everything in Twin Peaks this season has seemed a bit off, has seemed yep. a bit not real. You know the moments yeah, from, in the diner, the moments in the roadhouse, the moments with Jerry Horn in the woods, all well, these. The, Kind of Even scene. the Doctor Jacoby and the Dean, yes. you know, they've been off. Yes, everything from been off. apart from perhaps the log lady and some of the stuff in the sheriff's department. Even then, you could make a case. Will David Lynch even explain it to us? I don't know. Well, you know, you have to wait for the. Well, you have to wait for season four or the film that we're now. Talk, they're now sort of apparently discussing. But um, I can very easily see a scene, maybe even the first scene in the next episode, which is a double, by the way. Uh, you're getting two hours of uh, Twin Peaks goodness to finish off on. Yeah. Um, and, and I can see a scene where they're in the private jet and they're asking Agent Cooper about what he's doing. And this is, I think, where we might get a bit of the exposition about his plan, what he's been doing as Dougie, and a bit about why he's here. Yeah. I think you might get a bit of exposition about why he's going to Twin Peaks. You know, he might explain the background of like, I was once I'd done a case in, in here and I found the Black Lodge, the White Lodge. You might get more explanation. And, and, and I, I, I would enjoy that because I think we, we need to reacclimatize ourselves with Agent Cooper. And, um, you know, now it's like Agent Cooper's woken up and Audrey's woken up. Again, it's so more Holland Drive. It's like now everything's woken up. Are we going to see everything differently? Is, is Agent Cooper going to land in Twin Peaks? And suddenly it's a completely different Twin Peaks to the one we've seen for yeah. the last 16 hours because we're seeing it for real. You know, who knows? We're all expecting two traditional episodes. I really feel like we will get one episode that is going to perhaps do some more build-up tension, and then all bets are off, because I think episode 18 could well end up being a mirror of episode 8. Totally, yeah, totally. I mean, it like, could if, totally go off the rails. I mean, people were talking about the finale of season one and the finale of season two, and, and Mark Mark Frost directed and wrote season one finale that was very soap yeah. opera esque, where it had loads and loads and loads of cliffhangers and loads of stuff going happening with all kinds of story strands that yeah. left you wondering, you know, Agent Cooper was shot and by who, and Leland Palmer smothered someone in a hospital, and this happened, and there was a fire, and somebody burned, or did they? And it was very, very yeah. soap opery. David Lynch wrote and directed season two finale that was everything's gone crazy we're in the black lodge nothing makes any sense you know is this two-hour finale of season three gonna be a kind of mesh of the two you know uh, who knows who knows and actually I... i'm kind of on board for whatever happens i think now that we've got uh, agent oh, cooper yeah. back and now that we know that audrey is not just in this awful storyline anymore mm. i'm happy now with whatever happens i'm, I'm gonna sit and watch it like a two-hour david lynch film and yeah. take whatever he throws at me basically for these last two hours i really don't see a happy ending i don't either um, he doesn't do uh, happy endings. he so. doesn't do happy endings in no. fact he doesn't really even do endings so i mean you know we, we're not even gonna get an ending no um i don't think i mean just look at the end of series two you know that's the perfect example of we don't get endings exactly um and I, I, I think I think we'll get answers. I think we'll get some well, answers. I think, I think we'll some up, won't. We'll end up with we'll end up with questions as well, which is what the, the beauty of this program is. Another huge question that we've not seen any of in these last two hours have been Sarah Palmer and what she is and who she is and how she fits yeah. in thing as well. And that's that's a crazy one. You also look all the way back to the beginning to the glass box in New York. Yeah, and... I think that's the thing. I think some of the things that happened very early on in the series may have been slightly forgotten. Because we spent so long with Dougie, we spent so long doing things. 
So yes. I, I, I do think that he is going to go back and tidy some stuff up. I do feel like he's, um, you know, I, I do feel like he's going to he's going to leave you with more questions that, um, that, that, that that answers in the end. Yeah, I think the one thing that will be resolved is that evil Cooper will be defeated because I think that that's kind of the main strand of this series mm. and i think everything else that's kind of webbed from it who knows as to whether or not everything else will be resolved but i think the main kind of arc i suppose of good mm. good versus evil with agent cooper i think will in some way be resolved we, we we've just lost game of thrones mm. um uh, we're, we're obviously also big game of thrones fans we're, we're gonna lose twin peaks uh, at the end of this series of game of thrones uh, we, we haven't talked about it a great deal between us but i i, I felt a sense of like uh, you know, uneasiness and, you know, we're all still waiting for the next book and things like that. We've got to wait possibly two years for the next series. Yeah. Do you have that kind of anxiety with this? I mean, we wait, we've waited 25 years. No, I have uh, no anxiety with this at all. Okay, you feel um, that this is going to do you for the next 20 years? <laughs> I think it is. And to be honest, I really, really, I'm all, I'm 99.9% sure we will never see anything of Twin Peaks again after this. Okay. David Lynch is in his 70s. This was his closure. This was his magnum opus. This was his goodbye yeah. to Twin it's Peaks. It's his labour of love to the, to the fans as well. I mean, he's done yeah. lots of things in this series. You know, the, the whole Norma and Big Ed things, you know, these are things that we all wanted in the series but never got and you know laura palmer's not going to come at the end and save you know agent cooper by you know beating up bob or whatever you know it's not going to be that kind of like heroic ending no but i no. do feel like you're going to get something i because love... i feel like so much has happened yeah totally and i love all of david lynch's endings and none of them are ever made like satisfying narratively but they kind of are satisfying sort of emotionally you know even the end of fire walk with me which has got that horrific death scene but then you oh, have yeah. this moment of catharsis where she's in the red room and this big orchestral score and she's crying and there's angels and it's very yeah. over the top but it's kind of satisfying in a weird way and you've got similar things with Mulholland Drive obviously the story goes completely nuts in the last act but also you get this yeah. kind of emotional closure to the characters it's the same with Blue Velvet as well and all these I was going to say yeah Blue Velvet is, is a perfect uh, simile in that sense yeah. the story has fluctuated but it is going to settle yes, uh, on exactly. something emotional and I, I think that's what I'm more looking forward to I'm looking forward to an emotional ending of some sort I think it will be brilliant I'm not saying that it's going to be satisfying narratively but I think it will be satisfying yeah. a satisfying end to what this program has been which is not the same as what the old Twin Peaks has I been I only wish I didn't have to go to work on Monday and therefore I could stay up till 2 o'clock and watch it but there you go it's my 30th birthday next Monday oh. I'm actually I'm actually I know it's really 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 um, lovely really for good. David Lynch David Lynch to have brought out this episode the finale of my favourite TV series on my 30th birthday um oh. But alas, it does mean I'm actually away. I'm going away for my 30th. And I, I'm, I'm praying that I have Wi-Fi somewhere so that I can oh, actually watch it. Well, are you going by plane? Surely they have them on planes. Or I'm actually, I don't even know where I'm going. It's a surprise. My other half Oh, really? Surprised. But she knows you well enough to know there should be decent Wi-Fi. She, she knows. <laughs> yeah, she knows the drill. I'm sure it'll be fine. Drop a, yeah, drop yeah. a few hints. Send yeah. an email. You know, something like that. Oh, I have. Well, I've dropped hints. Yeah. <laughs> how how can the listening public drop you a happy birthday for Monday on Twitter, Mike? Oh, they can find me on Twitter. I'm at the movie Mike, and then hopefully that means in the latter half of next week, hopefully we'll get to discuss the finale. Yeah, I know. We'll get to have our, our finale conversation. Uh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at the Gary. Uh, quick podcast plugs. We've got three of them this week. Uh, if you didn't know, the, the Custard TV also do their their podcast here. I'm part of that. You can find us at thecustardtv.com. If you go there tomorrow. 
when I'm recording the 1st of September, we're announcing a big special new thing, which I'll tell Mike about off air, but you have to visit Ooh. the website to find out about. Great. Mike now does two other podcasts. When do I you do. sleep, sir? Um, so I don't one bother of them is your movie one, which is how I found you. Uh, yes. So uh, give, them the, give them the plug for that one. Yeah, so I do a general kind of movie, whatever, anything movie-related discussion podcast with my other half, Rihanna Dillon, mm-hmm. and we and that's called Back Row. Um, you can find us on iTunes and also um, Twitter at Back Row Films. Um, and I've just started another podcast. I'm a bit of a horror movie nerd, and it's basically another movie podcast but focusing on horror. And it's called The Evolution of Horror, and it's basically me with a bunch of different guests every week talking about different horror movies. So you can, again, find that on iTunes, and the Twitter handle for that is Evolution Pod. I'm following that. I haven't listened yet. That's purely because of a situation in my life, but I will because I'm I'm a I'm not a huge horror fan, but I do like a certain part of horror. Oh, uh, well, so it's... I do. I, so you know, maybe my eyes will be open to some other good stuff. Yeah, uh, I think you know I... there might be some good stuff that we talk about hopefully in the upcoming weeks. I'm going to throw something into you that, that is quite interesting. I st- I started and I'm going to watch more television series that's just hit Netflix, written by Stephen King, called The Mist. Oh yes. Well, I'm a... have a feeling that. Could be good. I've only watched half of the first episode because of time constraints. Yeah, but things I've read, and of course, being a big Stephen King, that's my kind of horror um, part. Is I'm a big Stephen King fan. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah. So I think too. yeah. So I, 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 you know, because we all need something post Twin Peaks. So maybe The Mist is something I'll be able to investigate a bit further. But yeah, look it up. The film The Mist is absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen that, check it out. And then oh, yeah, the TV series hopefully is as good. Fingers crossed. Uh, you can also send us an email if you wish to at custardtvreviews at gmail.com and uh, we'll be back for the finale very soon. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.